Hello everyone and welcome, 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 welcome to an episode of Everyday Black History. Happy Monday to you all out there. I hope, as usual, that you had a great start to your week. I hope that you had a great weekend and um, that this Monday was kind to you. You know, normally going to work on Mondays can be hard, especially if you had a good weekend and you did a lot of hanging out or whatever or staying up late and you got to get up and go to the to the quote-unquote plantation again. But hopefully it was a good day. Hopefully it was a good start to your week. And as we go throughout this, uh, as we complete the month of September and as we uh, get ready to look forward to October, man, you know, this, we're in the last quarter of the year, 2020. And um, as I always say, I hope the rest of this year will be kind to us because 2020 has been a rough one for everybody. Although there have been people who have, you know, there have been people who have, you know, done well this year. For the majority of us, 2020 was a, was a hard one. So hopefully the rest of this year will be kind and, you know, we can at least head into 2021, you know, on a more positive note. But, you know, as we complete the month of September, we look forward to October, um, you know, hopefully, 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 hopefully things will get better. But um, as we... Uh, start this episode today. Uh, I don't know if you remember last week or last week's episode, um, I mentioned that our next few episodes we were going to be covering um, areas that have a historical uh, African-American presence. There are a lot of places in this country, uh, towns, cities, um, you know, areas that are now landmarks that had a high, uh, you know, free black population where um, the people in these towns and cities were entrepreneurs, doctors, lawyers, you know, black professionals. And, you know, throughout the years, they, these, you know, towns or villages may have been, um, you know, forgotten. A lot of them have been forgotten. And um, it, that's all over this country. Um, and so uh, last week we covered Seneca Village, which is on land that is now Central Park in Manhattan. And so today we were going to move we were going to move over to Brooklyn and we were going to talk about an area that uh, was one of the first um, uh, areas that were uh, founded by free black um, men and women, an area that became, you know, um, entre- you know, full of entrepreneurs and black professionals that as well as Seneca Village became largely forgotten uh, throughout the years and throughout time. I mean, as mentioned, there's places all over, you know, the United States that had, you know, you know, uh, there are there cities and, and, and towns and villages all over the country that have had, you know, successful um, African-Americans that, you know, might have been, you know, uh, demolished or um, they or just urban urban renewal might have, um, you know, displaced a lot of people or people may have, might have even sold their land and moved away. But the history behind it is usually forgotten. And so, you know, some of these areas we want to talk about because there's so many of them. I mean, we can spend the next few months probably talking about areas with this kind of history. So today we're going to talk about an area in Brooklyn by the name by the name of Weeksville. And uh, Weeksville um, is it uh, now now Weeksville is is uh, known 
uh, the area of Weeksville rather covers the um, neighborhoods in Brooklyn of uh, Crown Heights, Bed-Stuy, and even a little bit in Brownsville. Um, uh, many, many listening may not be familiar with Brooklyn, New York. That's where I'm from. But if you listen to hip hop, you know, you know about Brooklyn from Biggie, Jay-Z, Little Kim, Foxy Brown. I mean, and a, a ton of other legendary hip hop artists, you know, represent Brooklyn and of course the Brooklyn Nets. And so Weeksville, Brooklyn was one of the first uh, free settlements of, uh, of, uh, of one of the first free black communities. Um, and it is... Today, it is it's, uh, remembered as a historic site uh, for its community programs, um, urban uh, employment opportunities, and, uh, and the promotion of racial respectability. As you mentioned, you know, a lot of folks that lived in Weeksville um, in, when, when they started in the 1800s were professionals and landowners. And as we know, um, uh, owning you know, land and owning property is uh, important, you know, it, you know, for, for so many different reasons. But uh, Weeksville was uh, was uh, started in 1838, or, or rather, um, the first the first uh, man who uh, who brought land uh, there. He bought it in 1838, and uh, this was 11 years after slavery ended in New York, and uh, it was initially formed by a man whose name was James Weeks. James Weeks, Weeksville. He was a free black man, and he purchased a substantial area of land. And the interesting thing is that he purchased it from another free black man by the name of Henry C. Thompson. Henry C. Thompson, you know, owned the land. He owned a a large swath of land. Uh, James Weeks came to this area and decided that he wanted to not just own land, but he actually, you know, wanted to start a community. He wanted to start a community in which, um, you know, in which uh, him and and, and other African-Americans have the opportunity to gain economic and political freedom by having, you know, our own communities. And so uh, he purchased a large, substantial area of land and he encouraged other uh, black uh, men and women to settle on the property, and he sold lots to to uh, you know different people to the newcomers, and they named the community Weeksville. He named it after himself. Now Weeksville quickly became a self-sufficient and thriving community. Um, it also became a refuge for uh, Southern black men and women who were fleeing from slavery. And, you know, as well as other, you know, uh, black men and women from the North who desired to escape racial violence. Um, there were these draft riots in, 18, in the 1860s in which, you know, many, many uh, African-Americans were killed by, you know, mobs, mobs of people, you know, mostly uh, Irish immigrants who, you know, figured that the African-Americans there will take their jobs. And so they, you know, you know, you know, uh, uh, gathered together in these mobs and attacked any black person that they saw. And there were a lot of um, African-Americans who escaped from these riots and racial violence in New York and in other cities. And they came and they settled in Weeksville. But as we mentioned, Weeksville um, was initially was was started in 1838. By 1850, it was the second largest community for free black men and women in pre-Civil War America. 
Um, now, the community uh, was known for em- employing black men and women in urban occupations. And it was also a community, as we mentioned before, of black professionals. Black doctors and entrepreneurs were able to practice their skills and develop, you know, clientele and, um, you know, of black, you know, you know, black men and women who were their clientele. And they were able to grow their businesses in the community. And uh, the residents of Week of Weeksville established churches, schools, um, benevolent associations, an elderly home, and even an orphanage by the 1860s. They started, they even had a, a cemetery as well. And uh, it was one of the first, their school that they had was one of the first integrated schools for both students and staff. Um, in addition to housing a variety of black owned businesses, they also uh, saw the creation of a newspaper which was entitled the freedman's torchlight and it was one of the country's first african-american newspapers now weeksville is so well known and cherished today um, not only because it provided opportunities for um, you know black people to attain entrepreneurial success but it also offered political and intellectual freedoms and it was a site for abolitionist action community members participated in um, a wide range of anti-slavery action and promoted equal rights for free blacks, including voting rights campaigns, the black convention movement, and resistance to the 1863 New York City draft riots that we mentioned earlier. Uh, even after the Civil War, it encouraged uh, freedmen schools in the South and supporting black nationalist aspirations across the North. So um, this community was all about it's all about the people, you know, for us, by us type of thing. Um, after the Civil War, Weeksville had become an emblem of community empowerment and racial pride because of what it accomplished in just a short amount of time. By 1900, the community had over 500 families that comprised of doctors, ministers, tradesmen, teachers, and laborers. Um, also in the community, there were also... Uh, uh, many black leaders as well um, um, that you know arose from uh, Weeksville. Susan Smith McKinney Stewart was the first black female physician in New York State and her sister Sarah Smith Garnett was the first black female principal in the New York City school system and they were the founders of the first African-American women's suffrage organization the Equal Suffrage League of Brooklyn. So, you know, we had sisters up in Weeksville that was doing big things, and they are just two that uh, were were honorably mentioned um, because of their work. Now, um, the community of Weeksville existed up until the 1930s, but during those years, it was overtaken by, you know, growth of the of the borough of Brooklyn, and um, you know. Uh, uh, it was almost forgotten um, uh, amidst all the urban renewal, um, you know, plans of the 1950s, and many of this, many of its old buildings were replaced by newer structures. The cemetery in which uh, they they started in Weeksville was demolished to make way for what we know now as Eastern Parkway out here in Brooklyn, and. Um, the wood homes were replaced by brick row houses and you know, Weeksville just disappeared one street and house at a time. 
and its uh, residents and its land were sold and just absorbed by, you know, the borough of Brooklyn as Brooklyn continued to grow and, and expand. And, um, you know, the memory of Weeksville, of Weeksville um, pretty much was forgotten over the years. Um, it wasn't until the 1960s and 1968, a man by the name of uh, James Hurley and, um, and Joe Haynes, they both uh, rediscovered uh, the area of Weeksville and they worked to save four wooden cottages. These wooden cottages are now known as the Hunterfly Roadhouses, and they are now the only existing remnants of 19th century, 19th century Weeksville. Um, and uh, these homes, uh, at one point, were threatened by demolition plans, but um, they uh, worked to uh, make these homes and the and the surrounding area a landmark. A woman by the name of Joan Maynard, she was the first executive director of the of the Weeksville Society, which was uh, started later on as a way of preserving the memory and legacy of Weeksville. And uh, she was successful in leading youth groups and members of the community in a campaign to preserve the houses. And uh, Weeksville achieved landmark status in 1971. And in 2005, those four wooden homes were fully restored and open to the public. So everyone can go there now and see uh, the history of what was um, Weeksville, Brooklyn in the 19th century. Now, um, Weeksville um, is, as we mentioned, the Weeksville Historical Society um, helped to uh, preserve the memory of of uh, that that uh, historical area, and uh, there were archaeological digs that were started um, to you know find more treasures uh, that you know came from that you know historical that historical uh, village. And uh, James Hurley and many of the people who worked with him, uh, many many youth youth uh, organizations were involved with uh, um, you know preserving the legacy of Weeksville and it's thanks to their work today that we are able to even know about the culture and the history of that of that area and we like to you know keep you know keep that history alive because you know so so often when you hear about black history it's always about you know struggle and our history our history is struggle but there was so many there's so many large portions of our history where you know people overcame and you know Weeksville was started when slavery was still legal in much of the country this was you know 1838 was way before the civil war but yet there were black men and women who still were able to thrive and you know be successful um and, and with and with each other you know and with each other and they're a good example for us today and how we can work to to build, you know, our communities and businesses and work together to do it and find our own success so we can uh, build up our own economic and political powers um, and, you know, build up our own community. So we just wanted to highlight Weeksville, uh, Brooklyn, and uh, its historic importance in Black history. And um, as we continue to uh, do this we'll find you know we'll talk about many other areas and 
you know, and and uh, throughout the country as well. You know, since I'm from New York, I'm finding a lot of stuff here in New York, but I know all over the country there's so many, so many towns and villages like Weeksville, like Seneca Village, where there were successful black men and women who were, you know, accomplished historic things. And, you know, those are some of the things we're going to start, you know, just highlighting on everyday black history because we want to we want to keep that history alive and the memory of their accomplishments alive. So that concludes the episode, this episode of Everyday Black History. And uh, we will be, you know, coming at you soon with more uh, historical areas that, um, you know, have been forgotten through history. And we're going to talk about it and, you know, keep keep it alive, keep the memory alive. So um, I hope you enjoy this episode and uh, we'll be coming at you, uh, if not the end of this week, definitely next week with another episode where we'll, we'll, I'm not sure yet exactly what we're going to cover, but I'll be doing some research and, you know, I'll come back with something good for next week on, on, on what we can, you know, talk about. But um, enjoy the rest of your week. I hope the rest of the week is a productive one. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned for the next episode.